Welcome back. We find ourselves on the second Sunday of Advent, and it does seem like a somewhat of a long time since I recorded a podcast. But as I told you last time, it was because I was going on holiday leave, and I had a good and relaxing holiday. The season of Advent is very short, and I'd have to admit that it's probably one of my favourite seasons of the year for the church's year, not because it's short but because it has so much packed into it. And of course it leads to the wonderful season of Christmas and the day of Christmas with all that that brings in the church as well as in our families. From a human perspective, there's a lot going on at this time of the year too, isn't there? There's preparations for Christmas, there's the ending of schools, planning of holidays, all the things that we normally associate with December. But in the church's perspective, there's a lot going on too, because it's not just for Christmas Day that we are preparing, but rather our sense of anticipation and our sense of longing is being heightened and sharpened each year as we come to the season of Advent. And that's provided for us by the beautiful liturgy, the wonderful prayers, but also the moving, amazing, complex readings that we have from Holy Scripture. So I'd like to start today with quoting something that comes from the epistle of today's Mass, and it's written by St. Peter. He says, What we are waiting for is what he promised, the new heavens and the new earth, the place where righteousness will be at home. So then while you are waiting... Live lives without spot or stain, so that he will find you at peace. Good words, aren't they? Practical words, too, that raise our vision beyond where we are, but also tell us how we are to live now. What St Peter is referring to in the new heavens and the new earth the place where righteousness will be at home, is that transformation of humanity and the whole world which will occur at the end of time when Christ comes again and when he establishes his kingdom fully and completely. How this will happen, what it will look like, is not totally clear to us. It is a mystery though we know from Holy Scripture that there will be alarming signs in the heavens and on the earth, signs and events that will be obvious and dramatic. We know too that Christ will definitively and finally judge all, both the living and the dead. But as uncertain as this is, and as perhaps frightening as it is too, It must not make us afraid. Although, if we are alive when it happens, it will be a fearful occurrence. If we follow St Peter's advice and live holy and saintly lives, the day of the Lord will find us ready. At the same time, another reason for not being afraid is that what follows the awesome end of time will be a new universe 
the heavenly Jerusalem, where God will have his dwelling with us. Then he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning or crying, no pain, for all those things will have passed away. For humanity this will be the never-ending era of the unity of the human race, which God willed from the beginning. There will be no more sin, no self-love, no dissension, no arguments, no war, and no disputes of any kind. Instead there will be from God an inexhaustible spring of happiness, peace and communion among humanity. For the cosmos and the world, there will be a return to its original state at the time of creation. The world too will share in the glory of the risen Christ. If the world remains in its present form, we could say that then there will be perfect weather, no more natural disasters, no climate change, no global warming, no global cooling. All animals will live in peace. The lion will live with the lamb, as the prophet Isaiah said. All plants will thrive. Perhaps this seems somewhat far removed from the here and now and from Christmas. Well, as I said at the beginning, unlike our society, the church takes a wider and a deeper view, a longer view. And in the weeks of Advent, she casts our vision further and beyond the birth of our Saviour in Bethlehem, as well as to place our eyes upon it as well. St. Bernard of Clairvaux spoke in one of his sermons about the threefold coming of the Lord. At his first coming, the Lord was seen on earth and lived among men, who both saw him and most hated him. The Lord's last coming will be seen by all people, as we've already heard St. Peter describe. In between these two comings is the hidden coming, where only the chosen see him, because they love him, and because they love him, he abides in them. The word Advent itself actually means a coming. The first advent of Christ was in human flesh, with the weakness and vulnerability of a human infant. The first advent made possible the second advent, when Christ is active in the Holy Spirit, within and for those who believe in him and love him. The second advent is for today, as well as for the past and the future. The third advent is marked by glory and majesty as all of heaven breaks in upon earth. 
The third advent will mark the total and complete salvation of the human race and the universe. A breathtaking and stupendous ending to the story of salvation. Echoing St. John the Baptist's voice, the Church reminds us that the second and third advents of Christ require us to be people not of complacency, but of repentance and conversion. There must be sorrow for sin, sacramental absolution and conversion of life. This is so that not only may we be prepared for this year's Christmas feast through lives without spot or stain, but also that we are prepared for the advent of Christ in glory and majesty on the last day. May God bless you and your families. Come, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm.